0: And now here's your host, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, Elizabeth Hamilton-Garino.
1: Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Best Ever You Show. Uh, We have a really awesome guest with us today. His name is David Wood. His website is playforreal.life, and we're going to have a conversation about tough conversations today because he is the expert on tough conversations, and I don't even know what that is quite means for us all yet. So I'm really hoping this is going to be one of those shows where you put in those earbuds or whatever they call them these days on that treadmill or wherever you're going today to get that workout for your mind, body, soul, spirit, and everything about you. So David, how are you? It's so great that you're here with us. Thank you for for being here.
2: I'm good, and I'm excited to be doing a live show. Most of my rec- uh, interviews are recorded, so this is this is fun for me. Yeah, we
1: get recorded live, isn't that fun? <laughs> and then syndicated out yes. onto all those awesome places that carry the best ever you show. And you, you know what's cool about this too is that it's all grassroots. Like, so I'm not one of those people who's been like yeah, advertise on my show and push it and push it. It's all like really actually real people listening to you for your advice and then it just kind of spreads word of mouth like, hey, did you hear the show and what he said and this is helpful and, and all that good stuff. And that's what I really love about Best Ever You, because the, the folks show up and and really participate and engage us. So what do you want nice. to teach so us today? That, you know, content? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um boy, you your experience is amazing. Um I love your book. It paid for Who You Are Jack Canfield wrote, wrote the foreword for that. And, um, you're a, do you want to tell us about the moment maybe like where you decided to do what you do now instead of what you were doing and what that all looked like? Because a lot of people are in that mode right now. That'd be really helpful.
2: Sure. Well, I'd like to say it came like a bolt of lightning or I did an ayahuasca journey and the medicine <laughs> told me that, to but it wasn't that, it wasn't that clear and most things in my life are never that clear. I was a consulting actuary to Fortune 100 companies on on Park Avenue in New York which basically meant I would help them with their risk management and uncertainty and I did a personal growth course which blew my mind and and my heart open and I realized that there are people in life who really care about others and they want their lives to be better they're not just out to get my money and, uh, and I got hooked because I found myself coaching people during the program I was doing. I couldn't <laughs> help, they'd get stuck and I'd say, well, the leader said this yesterday, have you tried that? Or, and, and there was one woman who had an amazing, life-changing result from one conversation I had with her and I was hooked. So I didn't jump into coaching because it wasn't even a career back then, but someone had a business card and I'm like, what is this possible? This was back in 1997. And I said, it's possible to get paid to help people's lives be better. And, uh, and for a year I went and followed some other things and, and, and followed my dream in another area, which was to be a professional entertainer. And then finally I, I met someone who was coaching, he was doing a course and he was coaching and I hired him for $25 a week. I think I paid him something nominal because I was his practice client and I got my first practice client and charged her $25 a week. And that was back in 98 and I've been coaching ever since. I just love getting inspired and sharing that inspiration with others.
1: Yeah. What, um, what do you what do you think about co- coaching? Um, do you think everybody needs a life coach or a leadership coach or a business coach? Do you, people people seem to um, be you know not not skeptical or leery, but maybe just not informed? I'm I'm not entirely sure. It seems like it's getting more and more popular, is my point. But um, what what kind of people? I don't think anybody do
2: you... needs a coach.
1: Okay. Yeah, but I don't just think wonder
2: what the to coach. I think it's a a case of do we want our life to be better than it is? And if you love your life the way it is, and you don't have a particular interest in in personal growth and and constantly pushing the boundaries and seeing how you can suck the juice out of the orange of life, then <laughs> don't get a coach. Why would you? But that's not how I think. I I'm always thinking. If this is the only life I have, I don't know if reincarnation is is true or not, but if this is the only life, I want it to be the best it can be. And I don't want to have insights 20 years from now about how my life can be better today. So for me, it's just a no brainer to get someone I respect and to get a second point of view on what I'm already thinking. It's like, look, this is my current strategy This is how I'm currently doing it. Do you see anything that I can improve? If you don't, okay, let's just celebrate. Pat me on the back. I'll come back next week. (laughs) If you do, I'd like to know about it now instead of realizing it 20 years from now so that my life can be amazing. Yeah.
1: I love it when somebody says – I've got, you know, I've got something to tell you, or listen, listen, I want to show you something, or let me, let me teach you something, or, you know, those, those words that are cues, like, (laughs) let me fill a gap (laughs) for you, and I love surrounding my, myself with people who are so much smarter, but it just make I'm like one of those, like, lifelong learning sponges, you know, and um, you kind of sound the same way, like you, you, do you feel that way about yourself? I
2: don't know if those are your exact words, but is I, that I, the I way? Do. I've, yeah, I've always been pushing the edges. I I want to know what's possible. And my mother used to. She told me a few years ago that as a kid, if she wanted me to do something, the best way to get me to do it was tell me it couldn't be done, and I <laughs> and I'd go and find a way to do it. So I've always been like that. But it's so simple. Like we're actually very arrogant and I'll speak for myself here in particular, I'm very arrogant. I think I'm smarter than almost everybody I meet and that I can do things better than most people I meet. And some of that may or may not be true. But that arrogance is what can stop us getting someone else's point of view to do something better. And we Mm -hmm. can only ever see what we see. We can never see anything else by definition. We just see what we see. And with all my intelligence and my years of experience and my training, I'm still amazed when I, I talk to my coach and I'll say something, I'm not even expecting um, any miracles, and the coach will say something that I just had not thought of. Yep. And I'm like, I, I did not think of that. That's a really good idea. Let me try it out. And sometimes it takes off. And it, it's not rocket science. It's simply two heads are better than one. Yeah. It's that simple.
1: Yeah. Yep. I love it. Why did you choose the words play for real dot life?
2: That's neat. I'm glad you asked me that. I um, have been rebranding the last couple of years and thinking, what do I really care about? And I realized play is one of my values. I think we take life too seriously and it can hurt us because then we're not in a flow state and things don't get attracted to us and there's stress, which is not good for the body. So we take things too seriously. And I realized I love playing. And when things look totally serious, like life and death, even then, I I mean, I was in an armed holdup and I could still find some lightness while, while the guys got the gun and throwing me against a wall. So I want to encourage people to play. But I'm not talking about be frivolous and just skip through the daisies with butterflies floating about your hair like and pretending there's not a care in the world. I'm talking about let's play for real as if it matters, as if this game um, could actually change our life, which it can. It is our life. So play for real means, means a, a lot to me. And then since then, my, my big insight in the last few months is – Within Play For Real, which is a pretty broad area, it's about living a regret-free life and up-leveling in life and business, I thought, let's focus on an area that I really love and can be known for one thing, and Tough Conversations is that area. I finally picked a lane within <laughs> Play For Real.
1: Yeah, and, and so tell me about Tough Conversations. Tell, teach us all about Tough Conversations. What What does that mean? Does that mean... Telling somebody that they're, I mean, yeah, just, I'll be quiet. What does tough conversations mean?
2: Give us a a rundown on that. Well, the tough conversation is the one you don't want to have. And it's, it's tough because you're risking uh, feeling awkward. You're risking perhaps upsetting someone upsetting yourself. You're risking losing something. So, we and we we can go into some examples in a minute if you like yeah, but please. we run we run from them and we don't even know we're running from them because the mind is very clever the mind the mind just looks at a tough conversation i'll give one example let's say you've got a confession there's there's something you did that your partner's not going to like and uh, when i was 18 i cheated on my first partner which was a horrible experience for both of us and, and so, you know, that's a big example. Let's suppose you got a confession. And what the mind will do is it will present to you all the risks. It's good at that. It will tell you she might break up with me. She's going to yell at me. She's going to tell my friends who are going to lose respect for me. Uh, she's going to take my kids. It's going to cost me a lot of money in the divorce. Like the mind is good at coming up with all the negatives. So we just sweep it under the carpet and say things like, hmm, look, she doesn't need to know. I'll just commit to being faithful from now on. It's just going to upset her. So we run from tough conversations. And part of my job is to help people see the profit, to see the gain, because the mind will show you all the negatives it won't usually show you all the amazing positives that can come out of leaning into that tough conversation and sorry. addressing it. So that happens
1: sometimes, David. Sorry, my phone is going off because, guys, if you want to ask David a question, <laughs> sorry to interrupt you, call us at six four six seven eight seven eight five three seven instead of my cell phone. <laughs> sorry. Keep going. That's Mine's right. Convers-
2: <laughs> my phone might go off in 10 minutes. Just to make you feel better.
1: At least I have a good ringtone. The kids didn't mess with it. Usually it's, your phone is ringing. (laughs) Anyway, keep going. Sorry for the interruption. It's live.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I was just saying, running away from our tough conversations, and there's so much to be gained. So I'm an evangelist for this, and I want to encourage people to see, oh, that's a tough conversation I've been putting off or avoiding, And to start to see the profit and the gain that could come from it and to decide in most cases, I'm going to say in 9 out of 10 cases, to decide that it's worth the risk.
1: That was a question for you, another texting. So can I ask you this question? Um, It has to do with exactly what you're saying. Um, What are the benefits of, you know, having that tough conversation? What's the positive side of that, um, I think you you might have just yeah. talked to somebody right in that situation. They're like, "How do I do this?"
2: <laughs> yeah, there there are four benefits that I've identified. We'll see if I remember them all. One <laughs> is the obvious result you're going for. So let's say, let's say, um, let's say using using the che- the cheating example, then a result I might have is is I want to. Uh, clear my conscience and release this weight that I'm carrying around or if you're asking your boss for a raise the result might be that you get a raise so with a tough conversation the external result is one of the obvious benefits I was at a a TLC retreat the transformational leadership council with some people I really admire like Jack Canfield and John Gray Mm. and Marianne Williamson used to be a member, and I'm really intimidated, but I noticed that I made four bold requests, which were four tough conversations for me, and um, the obvious benefit is I might get a result. Jack Canfield might do a book with me. That woman I'm attracted to might come to Columbia with me. That Oscar-winning producer might say, yes, you can come and shadow me on a film shoot. So the first one is the result. That's the obvious. But the second benefit I identified is we get to feel self-expressed. We get to like ourselves more. Every time I don't have a tough conversation, I feel a little smaller and contracted and uh, slightly embarrassed internally. Mm. Whenever I do have the tough conversation, I'm proud of myself for speaking up. And I want everyone to have that second benefit of self-expression. Yeah, that's, and the that's third really benefit. It. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: No, I keep going because I've got my pen.
2: <laughs> okay, the third benefit is usually you'll deepen connection. So even if the person says no, like I, I go up to this Oscar-winning producer and I'm vulnerable and and I make a request to shadow him on his next film shoot. Even if he says no, uh, he might respect that I asked. I get to find out a little bit more about his world and we're a little bit more deeper connected. When I confessed to my partner uh, at the age of 18 that I had cheated, it took some time and a lot of tough conversations, but I believe we were deeper connected after that and there was actually over time deeper trust because one thing she learned about me is that I will tell her anything and everything. She doesn't have to wonder. It's just going to happen. So the third benefit is deeper connection. And then the fourth is a little bit more spiritual. We could say, we've got our view of reality. We think this is the way it is. This is how that person is. They're never going to change. We just got this view. When we go and have a tough conversation, our reality can literally shift. So I had a, um, a client who uh, was interviewing for a job, and she didn't like how the guy was speaking to her. It didn't feel respectful. So she was just going to not take the job, cut and run. But I coached her through how to have a tough conversation and go and ask him if he'd be willing to change how he communicates. And she was scared, but she went and did it. And she was blown away. He was interested. He said, I had no idea I was coming across like that. Would you show me how to change my communication? So her reality went from people don't change to, hey, wait a minute. People might actually be more open to input than I ever thought in my life. And I might be able to change the situation. So the fourth benefit is that you can actually shift the reality you're living in.
1: Now, are there tools and techniques to have the conversations with people so you aren't just, you know, bursting into a room saying, I hate the way you talk you know, or whatever? Are there, are there skills that you teach so the person can actually have that tough conversation politely? Or do you mean like, no, this is going to be a tough, blunt conversation and, and we're going to steamroll?
2: Oh, no, you definitely want to do it right. <laughs> there are ways to mess it up so that it can be a train wreck, and there are some proven steps I've found that can increase your chances of it going very well, and I'm happy to run you through those. And then if you like, too, we can uh, give people a free download where they can download the four-step blueprint so they don't have to take a whole bunch of notes on this call. Good idea. Great. A great uh, before we do it, I wonder if we should maybe just bounce around some more examples because people might be thinking, I don't have a tough conversation. There's nothing I've got to have have with my partner. And I've got a few written down here. If you'd like to hear some, some more examples of the kinds of things people tend to find difficult. Sure. I, I think that's okay. Perfect. So uh, in a romantic partnership or even with a friendship, handling when someone says no, handling... Um, How do you say, I want more sex, or there's something sexually I would like? How do you say, I don't want more sex? What about, I want you to change your behavior? Something you do bugs me. I'm not happy in our relationship, or I'm angry about something that you did. I feel hurt by something you did. It could have been this morning, or it could have been five years ago, and I've never said anything because I just didn't want it to be awkward. So that's in a romantic relationship. And then at work, uh, how about I need help? Either I need logistical help or I'm struggling physically or emotionally. I just, I need some help. I'm not feeling supported. I'm not feeling appreciated. You're micromanaging me. I screwed something up and I'm nervous to tell you about it. Or you screwed something up, and I'd like you to take responsibility for it. These are, Does that give a good picture of some of the things that people are, are facing that they might put off, sometimes indefinitely?
1: Yes, it does. And somebody um, tweeted us that they'd like you to add in, perhaps, in the conversation, aging parent conversations. And then uh, teenagers. We got a teenager comment. Help. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well i'm not aware of i 'm not aware of an aging parent conversation, but that 's a good example of the kind of person so um, you know we 've got conversations with our parents that can be the most difficult we 've got conversations as you bring up with our kids that can be really awkward and difficult our partners, our direct reports, our coworkers our boss so those are the kinds of people. I did actually just role play on a podcast interview yesterday with, um, with the host who was, whose mother has Alzheimer's and she shared, and I can share this because she shared it publicly on the, on the interview. She'd like to kind of clear things up with her mother and have nothing left unsaid before her mother dies. So she'd like to tell her about all the things that have been really wonderful at uh, being her daughter. And also some of the things that hurt, some of the things were disappointing. She'd like to have that conversation. Now, you can imagine that could be really tough for a parent to hear. So we role played it and I took her through the four steps I'm about to take you guys through so that she could have that conversation with some artistry and some compassion and create the space for her mother to hear her.
1: Love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah, even neighbors. So we think of neighborhood. Yeah, what? yeah. I said, think of even neighbors. There's tough conversations sometimes there, too. Hey. <laughs> oh, my
2: goodness. Yes. <laughs> you know, one of the toughest I ever had with a neighbor was the dog was barking nonstop, and I was getting so stressed out. And I must have had five or six conversations with that neighbor trying to enroll them in the idea of um, – curbing their dogs barking. So yeah, anywhere you want someone to alter behavior or you've got some kind of charge or emotion that's going on, that's a tough conversation. And what I don't want is I don't want people feeling small and like they can't alter the situation. I understand why we do it, it's scary. But if we lean into it with some vulnerability, we have a chance of all those benefits I mentioned, the result like the dog might stop barking, feeling self-expressed and proud of ourselves, We might deepen connection with the other person, with the neighbor. Uh, I, I just had one with my neighbor last week. Stuff has been blowing out of their huge construction bin onto my property. And even wrapping around some of the trees where I can't even reach it. So that's a bit awkward to go over and say, um, I have your trash. <laughs> Can we do something? Oh um, were so like wonderful. But you know what? They were so wonderful. They said, we're yeah. horrified, really love the nature out here in the mountains. And they came over. And um, you know what? I think that trash is gone. I haven't seen it for a few days. And they just said, we will not stop until this is handled. So it brought us closer. Yeah.
1: You know, that happened with our neighbors, too. Um, We had a huge storm here in Maine um, probably about a year and a half ago now. And our huge trees blew over right onto the neighbor's beautiful, beautiful new swing set. Thank God there were no children on it or anything like that. I mean, it completely demolished their whole entire swing set. And we both looked at each other and we're like, "Um, boy, my trees, your trees, your swings, you know, that kind of thing. And it has made us best friends. We've, we've totally designed yeah. this whole area between our two homes that's like park-like with benches now. And it's been so much fun.
2: Yeah, but you, I love you know, that. I was like,
1: oh, God, I'm going to get yelled at. <laughs> I can't control my training, right. but they smell on your swing set. I'm like, oh.
2: Yeah, but, that's you know. right. And, and that's probably from our upbringing. You know, if we, if we had a tough conversation with our parents, it probably ended up in yelling and we didn't have a lot of power. So it makes sense. That our natural inclination is we sweep it under the rug. but i'm going to give I'm going to give you some some steps now, which will make it much easier for you to have that conversation. You might still feel vulnerable. Those are the best ones when you're taking a risk and bearing your underbelly, so to speak. But um, I want everyone to have the juicy stuff that lies on the other side. what i what I've been saying recently is the tough conversations we haven't had, form the boundaries of our world.
1: Oh, wait, say that the, again. Tough
2: the tough conversations we haven't had form the boundaries of our world.
1: Yeah.
2: All right. That's a good but one. The tough conversations Thank we you. do have become the defining moments of our relationships, our careers, and our lives.
1: Hmm, I love that. That's a great, I will replay that a lot. I did not just pick up my pen, I listened <laughs> intently on that. Do you wanna say it one more time? Cause that is, that's.
2: Yeah, I'll say both of those. I'll yeah. say both of those. Tough conversations we haven't had form the boundaries of our world. And the tough conversations we do have become the defining moments of our relationships our careers and our lives.
1: Hmm. I hope everybody replays that one. Do you have that in a in a like a quoted like Instagram or social media post or anything like that yet? Yeah, we, don't...
2: we I have an image quote that I can send you.
1: Please. Yeah, I I think people will really enjoy that to go with the show and replay this.
2: Okay, you yeah. got it. Thank you. So shall we jump into the four steps of how to have the conversation?
1: I think, I think it'd be great.
2: Okay, great. And again, we'll give you guys a download at the end so that, so that you don't have to write all this down. Um, Firstly, before you actually go in and have the conversation, you'll want to do some preparation and um, included in the download will be a worksheet to take you through some questions. So you can start working out things like what's my hope like, why would I even have this conversation? What do I hope to gain? That's really important. And what, what am I afraid of? What what makes this tough for me? Is there a concern I have? You'll start prepping for things like that. And you'll answer, one of my favorites is, is there a request you have? So uh, let's say with the neighbor and the trash, the request might be, Could you would you be willing to cover the bin so that in high winds, trash doesn't keep coming over here but we're not just complaining we actually want to make a request that could shift the situation so that's your preparation let's assume that's done you answered the six or seven questions and you feel ready step one in the 4 step tough conversation blueprint is to ask permission so uh, let's say with the neighbors in the trash that might be something like hey can I ask you about about your your trash bin for a couple of minutes. It might be something like that. Just kind of setting the context so that they're not blindsided by it. And they might say now's not a good time. You don't definitely don't want to try a tough conversation when they've got to get on the phone or it's just not a good time for them. You're going to want to reschedule. So you ask permission. And if it's a tricky if it's a tricky one, like, uh, I keep going back to the cheating example, which is one of the toughest conversations I ever had to have. Um, you, this is where you might share a hope from your worksheet. So, hey, can we, can we have a, um, a potentially awkward conversation for a few minutes? I wanna share something important. And my hope is that at the end of it, we'll feel more connected. Or my hope is that we'll feel more on the same page and work together better as a team. In the company or my hope is that I can let go of something I've been holding on to and just have some more peace they're much more likely to say yes and it's likely to go better when you set a hope or an intention that they can get behind Mm -hmm. and then step two and this is an optional step but this is where you might share your fear or concern it's a vulnerable step Now, I'll give you an example from my past. I once called a bully from high school, 20 years after high school. And I called him because I've been hating him for 20 years, and I decided to let it go. And my coach said, "It'll it'll be easier for you, ultimately, in the long run, if you have that conversation with him. I said, you're kidding me. You want me to call this guy from 20 years ago? And the coach said, yeah. And I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. I said, I can't do it. And the coach helped me by asking me this question. What are you afraid of? I said, I'm afraid he's going to call me a total idiot. He's going to think I'm a moron. I said, that's what I'm afraid of. And the coach said, then share that. You can lead with that. And that changed everything. I was able to call him and say, I'm so scared to call you. Because after 20 years, you're going to think I'm such an idiot calling you about such a ridiculous topic. And that got us related and connected straight away. And he said, well, now I'm curious. Tell me what you've got. How can I help? Really? So step two, optionally, is share one fear or concern. Step three, this is pretty simple. You, now you share your issue. You've already set it up. You've let them know what your hope is, you've gotten permission for the co- for the conversation. You've shared a concern or a fear so they know that you're a bit on your edge here and this is a bit vulnerable for you. Hopefully they're now in a listing space. And just share what your issue is. And this is a good time to include that request from the worksheet. Hey, your rubbish is, is blown across under the, under the property. You know, not a big thing. I get you're doing construction and I wonder if you could put a lid on it something like that, plus there's some plastic up a tree, which I don't know how to get. I'm happy to help you with it, but I could use some help because I don't know how to solve this problem. So I put in a request in there. And then step four is my favorite because I'm a control freak, and I come from a background of like I want to wrap it up in a bow, and I want to say it just right so I get what I want and then kind of run. But that's not what we're going to do. What we're going run. to do in step four. I'm going to run. can't run. No we're, not, no, we're not going to run. We don't want to do tough monologues. We're right. not doing tough monologues. We're doing tough conversations. So step four is where you get curious and you listen and negotiate. They may have an idea that's better than yours. So um, let, let's go back to the cheating example. Thank you for hearing me out. Now, I imagine there's a lot of impact from this and I'd like to really hear what it's like for you to to hear that and get your world and I'll just hear anything that you've got to say. And this is where you shut up and you listen and you get their world and who knows what will come out of it. You get curious. There might be a change in, in the rules of your relationship. You might renegotiate it to be more open or you might make make some agreements as to how you're going to rebuild trust now. And your partner might have some great ideas for that or, or they, they might not be ready to speak and you're just going to respect that. But this is a game changer. Step four, get curious and listen and negotiate, work it out together.
1: So you got another question here. Um, I'm going to have to summarize this a little bit. Um, with new with the new tools you've shared, uh, how do oh, okay? With the new tools you've shared, how do you go back to conversations that you've had with other people that have been you know all wrong? <laughs> like you've approached them wrong, um, and it, it, like somebody feels shameful about the, maybe the way that they've behaved having conversations with people that were um, tough conversations handled poorly. Does that make sense? Right. I mean, I'm,
2: it's a pretty good paragraph yeah, so you've, here. You've screwed it up in the past. How do you clean it up?
1: There you go. Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that strikes me as quite easy. It may not feel easy, but the language is easy. Hey, you know that conversation we had? I feel terrible about it. I feel like I really screwed it up. Can we have a do-over There are things I wish idea, I'd said. Yeah, there's things I wish I didn't say. I just feel like I messed it up. Can I get a do-over on that conversation? Super simple. I love this one.
1: Okay, so what if <laughs> – yeah, I love this. Okay, go to email with us for a minute. Everybody take your brains to email land. And what if you have just blasted somebody in email, which I don't know if people do that anymore, but maybe, maybe have in the past oh, they do. or whatever. But, <laughs> yeah, like, oh, they do. hey – your tree, you know, what if you say, like, hey, your crap's blown all over my yard and stuck in my tree. Um, You need to fix this right away. Love, David. <laughs> How's, yeah. that? How's that yeah, that's email good.
2: go? Yeah, well, I want to talk in a minute about should you do this by email at all, which I don't, I'm not a fan of. But let's suppose you've done it. Same answer as the previous one. Hey, can I have a do-over? I, I reacted and I said I said I wish I'd said it differently. Um, here's how I'd like to say it now. Okay, so just but, point right back. But to that. I'm not I'm not a fan of the email approach. I know it seems safer, but the problem with email is you can't uh, you can't in real time get their responses, so you can't calibrate to to how they are. It's harder to check check for permission and they can't read your tone see when i say it you can hear it in my voice hey can i talk to you for a couple of minutes about about um your trash bin right you can hear that i'm open i'm not angry uh there's something in the tone however so so the ultimate you get the the most brownie points for actually having a live face-to-face conversation like go in and see your boss Don't, don't do it via email. However, if you're not sure how to have it and you're worried you're going to mess it up and, or you're worried they won't let you get it all out. They might jump in and defend and whatever. I am a big fan of writing it down first, write down, write it down first, maybe write the angry version first and then write the nice version. (laughs) And then what I do, what I do is I put it in a video. There's a website called loom.com, L-O-O-M, loom.com. It's a game changer. And I'll record the video there saying things in my nice tone or whatever. Hey, I wanted to ask you about this. And I thought I'd put down a few thoughts via video first so I can get my thoughts coherent. And then, and this is really important, I'd love to hear what you think and I'm happy to talk live about this so we can really work this out. But this is as a first step. Here are my thoughts on it. And, Sometimes I don't like how that video comes out, and particularly because the first time it might be like a 10 minute video, and once I've said it at all, I realize I could do this in 60 seconds, and I'll delete it, I'll go back, I'll do another one until I'm happy with it. It represents me, and then I'll send it to the person, and then we'll see what happens. So I am a fan of that as kind of a hybrid between getting it all down and then opening it up to a live conversation as a second round.
1: Why do you feel this is so important, especially in with like entrepreneurs or um, executives, teams, you know, those types of businesses and so forth. Why is having tough conversations and having, uh, you know, rules and tools and tips and resources around having them so important to the way things
2: function? How'd you pick the plane? Thank lane? you. So glad you asked that. It's because of the incredibly high cost of not talking. So in um, with entrepreneurs and with teams and with companies, what happens is something will happen that's not working for us. Let's say our boss, we feel like we're being micromanaged and we don't have the tools for how to have the conversation. We don't, or, or we just don't even realize we could have that conversation maybe our boss seems quite intimidating and so what happens is we feel frustrated we put up with it we resent it and we'll go and complain to somebody we'll complain to anyone who'll listen our partner our friends uh co-workers you know we'll start dropping in passive aggressive comments like oh yeah like jim would ever do that and it's a cancer (laughs) That's a cancer in the organization. And what happens is you keep getting micromanaged. I've got a client right now. She feels so micromanaged. She's looking for another job. She does not believe that her boss would actually change anything, that he doesn't have the raw material. Now, um, I'm still working with her on this. If I can enroll her in having that conversation, then at least she's rolling the dice. She's got a chance that the guy might learn something about his management style and he might be willing to change something either for her or for himself and she might start enjoying her job even more. So she wins, he wins, the company wins because now she's more productive and they don't have to pay the incredible cost of replacing her when she quits. You train an employee for five to 10 to 20 years and then they quit because they're unhappy about something that they didn't know how to talk about, what's what's it cost you to retrain someone else for 20 years? It's astronomical. So (laughs) my new vision for companies is that every company in the world will have a third-party, confidential, just-in-time coaching service for spot coaching. So they might go six months without using it, but then an employee – has an issue with their boss or a coworker and they book a session, they role play the tough conversation with a coach, and then they go back out into the workforce and they have the conversation. And if it doesn't go well, they come back for another session and go back for round two. Basically it's a new service I've just launched. And what I'm really doing is training a world full of leaders so that we all have agency and we can all speak up artfully and be cause in the matter. I love it. Do you,
1: so. I'm as you're talking. I'm thinking about um, like my 50 year old self, which I am, would be probably a little bit easier having conversations like this in the workplace now than maybe like my 20 year old self. Do you have goals to um, reach youth so that the youth? Of our country and world are equipped with these tools, so they don't have to figure it out at fifty. Say, you know what I mean? Because there's—it seems like there's just so much more information for kids these days,
2: not the twenties kids. That that would be a smart—that'd be a smart goal. I don't have that goal. My my goal is to reach generally anybody. Who's feeling like they want to be more expressed? They want to develop their leadership skills. They want to be able to have agency, meaning their cause in the matter. Um, and then, specifically, to reach people within corporations. Because I believe if I can change um, by working on a few key people within an organization, I can help to transform the culture so that it becomes a company of leaders and a company of people where speaking up is the norm. And by changing companies that way, I believe I could, that can ripple out and change the world. So I don't have a, a goal particularly of reaching youth, but that would be a, a good idea because cool. you know, younger people are going to have more time on the planet to practice these goals. You know, if I, <laughs> yeah. 70, if I help someone who's 70, they have less time to practice it, but I care about the 70-year-olds as much as I do with the 15-year-olds. I do have a particular passion, I will tell you, around parenting and kids. Now, I have not been a parent, but I have been a kid. And <laughs> and I coach some clients on their communication with their kids. And it's like, it's weird. It's like I'm channeling sometimes because I can put myself in the kids' shoes yeah. and Come up with something the adult can say that, that I'd be able to listen to as that kid. So It's really weird that I'm not a parent, but I just love helping parents to breach the divide. I think in part, they're too close to it. Yep, They're I too would agree with you. close to, to the kids, and I have the clarity of distance, so I can come yep. up with something they never even thought of, and their kid goes, oh yeah, alright, I like that. <laughs> so I do love of it yeah I love
1: that um it, I'm a mom of four boys they're 18 to 24 18 20 22 and 24 and then I'm in the middle of 11 kids myself so I'm the middle kid of 11 and I hear oh, you goodness. and yeah uh-huh. and but when I've needed help you know to say something or whatever I have often reached to people who just almost don't even know us <laughs> you know what I mean just for a just for some advice or whatever because that outside perspective what you're talking about is brilliant it it just completely removes you from you you're right you're just way too close to it sometimes to see see clearly yeah I totally agree with you yeah yep.
2: yeah i've got I've got one parent who uh is he's an executive director of a big company and he's just lost with his seventeen year old because yeah. we, And and this is all of us can get lost in this with anybody, but he's wondering where the line is, like, how much should he insist that his son study and and really go for college application versus be hands off and allow him to do whatever he wants and have his own agency and encourage that. And I've helped him find the line. I said, you want there's a sweet spot here. If you just abdicate all responsibility just because you get some pushback, then what kind of a father are you being?
0: Right. But if
2: you're trying to control and dominate and force this kid to do something, then he's not learning agency. He's not learning responsibility for himself. So what I want for you as a parent is to find your dignity. And dignity is something we teach in the prisons and also uh, in the corporations, which is simply that your voice matters and that you're committed to being heard. You can't control what they'll do, but you can be committed to having the conversation and being listened to and then uh, letting them make their decisions depending on the stakes, right? If we're talking about crystal meth or something like that, you might pull the parent card and now you're going to go into domination. That's different. But I reckon a lot of times with a 17 year old, you can give your advice and this is see, I've been coaching for twenty years. I can give my point of view, and then ultimately leave it up to the other person to choose. And if they make a mistake, they make a mistake. Yeah. It's their mistake, and they'll learn. They can come back, and we can see what we learn from that. So you're starting to get get all <laughs> all all my viewpoints on communicating with young humans um, yeah. from the non I, you I, point I, of view.
1: Yeah, I, sometimes I'll preface what I say by you know. I'm not saying I'm smarter than you, that for sure, because, wow, you know, the way you do calculus is amazing, and it's true, but I'll say, you know, just in some cases, I might have just slightly more mileage, and I've seen it or whatever, but, you know, here's, here's what maybe I think, but, you know, no, now you know what I think, and let's make some smart choices or whatever, you know, but I'll preface exactly. that by saying, you know, I don't, I because for real, I mean, like, especially our 18-year-old oh my gosh, you know, he's such a student, and so he's so brilliant at chemistry, and, you know, all the things that I just go, oh, you know, like, I write, (laughs) you go do the math, but, you know, there's some life things that come in, and he's so cool about it, though, I'm so proud of him, because he will, like, last night, he called home and FaceTimed us with questions, like, what should I do, what should I do, you know, and we're like, well, here's a couple of ideas, okay, cool, you know, those two suck, but that one yeah. was pretty good. I'll incorporate that one. Well, I, love how he, you,
2: I love how you positioned that. And it sounds like he's he's lucky to have such a great mom. Because what what you just uh, demonstrated was the perfect blend of humility and dignity. And and again this is something we're teaching in the prisons and corporations. You don't want to collapse into just being silent. And you don't want to be dominating and arrogant. That doesn't work. And in your tough conversations, that isn't going to work. But you can find that sweet spot in the middle where you have some humility, and you demonstrated that by saying, I'm not saying I'm smarter than you. I'm not even saying I'm right. Yeah. I'm, but And then you demonstrated some dignity. I do have some more mileage, and I have a point of view that may be useful for you, and I'd like you to at least hear it. So that's a beautiful blend of humility and dignity. It's a sweet spot that we call equanimity or composure. And you just demonstrated it beautifully. And if you guys can listening can find that sweet spot when you have your tough conversations, it's probably gonna go really well because you're you're demonstrating humility in step four when you get curious and you really listen about their world. And you're demonstrating dignity by stepping up and saying, "Can we have this conversation? I think it's important enough to have." Hmm. Love it. You know,
1: um, thank you for that because this is this is such a powerful, powerful information and show. Thank you for being here with us. And um, you've said a couple times now, "prison," um, you, um, and I'm wondering if we can talk about that. My uh, my mom does a lot of work in the prison systems. Um, she's actually about to get an award in South Dakota. She lives in Minnesota, but she does a lot of a lot of work um, through her business and employing. I don't know how I'm going to say it right, but she people make jewelry and do all sorts of wonderful things, and she's just um, a huge advocate for for prison inmates and things like that in certain circumstances. I see that you're in that role, and just you can feel you can hear it in my voice. It's a tough conversation just with that. So it's like a tough conversation on top of a tough conversation. What what made you go down that path, um, and what are your your hopes, dreams, and goals there? Cause it's so I beautiful. love that
2: question. Thank you, thank you. And I just want to check our timing. I do. Um, I have to go in five minutes for, to prep for my next call. Will that work? Of course, I us open that, that up. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it does. But of course, I just opened that question up, right? So maybe you can come back. Again. Oh, no, that's
2: great. I can, yeah. I can answer that in the next minute. Okay. Um, I, I'm, I take direction well. So <laughs> with the prison, I've been fascinated by prison movies and stories and the whole idea of losing one's freedom and rights and even common, common, common respect has been I imagine most of us have a fascination with it. And um, when I heard of a friend who was teaching dance in prisons, mm-hmm. I was fascinated. I'm like, you go in with prison inmates and teach them to move their bodies? How does, how does that work? And, I, and I, I think like eight years ago, I thought I'd love to be a part of that for the experience. And I've been wanting to do more service. In the community for years, I've been kind of beating up on myself like, David, you, your life's so good. Why aren't you doing, you know, soup kitchens or something? So I wanted to do that. And then I heard of someone who was teaching authentic relating in prisons. And uh, I'd just gotten really excited about authentic relating and I was starting to teach it. And I thought, this is perfect. I can practice my skills and I can be of service. So I reached out to the director and um she had a phone call with me. I, I, I coached her so she could get a sense of me and then I went and assisted one. And then since then, uh I think I've done four prisons and the last one she had me be the lead course leader, which was wow. quite exciting because I was whole space for the whole thing. And what I see out of it, I mean, I love helping everybody with tough conversations. One of the beautiful things about helping inmates is they they seem to be very grateful. They're locked away. Not a lot of people give them respect and attention. And we go in there and we spend two days with them, showing them how to to be a leader, how to have their tough conversations with their family, with their parole board, um, with an interviewer when they get out and they need to get a job. And so right. I appreciate, I appreciate their, their gratitude.
1: Yeah, my mom said um, she wants to write something or do something to help people when they're released because um, she knows a few people who are just completely lost.
2: Oh, after, after. it's horrendous. We yeah. we went and put, did a parole simulation. It was a simulation where. Uh, 15 minutes represented a week and we were there for two hours and they gave us these cards and in that 15 minutes we had to go to six different stations and if we went in the wrong order we had to go back and if we didn't have enough money we'd get thrown out of our house like it was it was an incredibly realistic simulation and I failed. Really? I failed. I got sent back to prison.
1: Yeah Yeah. that's what happens a lot of the time. (laughs) Um, yeah she's very frustrated with it she's like oh my gosh there's no material there's no training there's no teaching there's and maybe there is maybe no as a you know none is a you know a yeah. too big of a catch-all but um she just doesn't find it readily useful and helpful um and maybe there's yeah, something she's not looking at or whatever yeah yeah so oh interesting so interesting um, I, out of respect for you and your time, I know we have to go, and I always, everybody knows I hate ending shows, <laughs> because I, I love having the person on, I can go on and on and on, and so could you, and it's fun, but um, please come back, and thank you for being on my website, I'm so excited that you're there with us in our 20 Thought Leaders for 2020, it means a lot to me, um, as this is the first time we're meeting, and you said yes before you, we even really spoke very much, so that's really cool, thank you, I'm I, grateful.
2: You're welcome. Shall we give them the download?
1: Yes, please. Download, download, everybody.
2: So it's really easy, guys. Uh, At my website, there are a few things you can do. You can download the the blueprint for free. And uh, I'm launching my podcast today, I think, maybe tomorrow. It's ready. I've actually got 13 episodes lined up. Byron Katie's number two, Jack Canfield's number three. Um,
0: So if you'd like to join
2: Tough Conversations with David Wood, I'd love to have you join. And if you're interested in coaching to up-level your life or business, you can request a session with me and see if you qualify for a free discovery session. So you can do all of that at playforreal.life, L-I-F-E, playforreal.life. Perfect.
1: All right. Thank you for being with us. I appreciate you so much.
2: My pleasure. Thanks for a great interview. Thank you.
1: All right, everybody. That's David Wood. He's awesome. Playforreal.life, um, tough conversations. And um, once we're done here live, again, the show goes on right on iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, and a bunch of other places. So wherever you're listening to then podcasts, um, we, we are there under the Best Ever You Show. And um, I'm on Twitter at Best Ever You. David, are you on Twitter? Just real quick. Do you I use am Twitter.
2: Okay. What do yeah. you know what you're go ahead? Yeah. I just saw you tag me. I'm underscore Okay, for real. Got it. Okay. So you can, you can get him there too.
1: And um, everybody, thanks for listening. As, as I said before, you know, we're all grassroots. So share, share, share. And um, we will be back again soon having more amazing conversations with thought leaders and um, people who are leading the way with some of the most um, creative and um, I like creative thinking. I, I love different ways to learn things. So I appreciate I appreciate the hour. All right, everybody, take care. Thank you, David. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you. Bye, everybody.
0: Thanks for listening to the Best Ever You Show. Want more? Visit us at besteveryou.com. Be your best and keep it real. Confident, successful, caring, and beautiful every day with Best Ever You.